Our first scripture lesson today comes from Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Our next scripture lesson comes from 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love and faith and purity. Our next scripture lesson comes from Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Today's gospel lesson comes from Luke 10, 1 through 12, 17, 17 through 20. After the Lord has appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of, of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go, he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send up laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. I am sending you out like lamps in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever you enter, whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to your feet we wipe off and protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, on that day it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said in them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. Indeed, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Okay, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As I've grown older... I've become more able to let go of trying to be who other people think I should be. You ever have trouble with that? Yeah? How many of you um, have been criticized negatively for something you've done? Yes! Don't you love it? Or been in a, in a, a performance review where uh, you're given 10 positive things that you've done, lavish praise, but there's one thing I'd like for you to work on. And when you leave, what do you think of? You think of that one negative thing and it works on you. Oh my, it can be tough. Now what people think is important. Uh, my mother still 
speaks into my ear, son, when you go to church, you should wear your Sunday best, which for me usually means a coat and a tie. <sighs> so I still wear a coat and tie. Thank you very much, Mom. <laughs> she taught me well. But people pleasing to the point of self-oblivion and self-deprecation serves little purpose except to create feelings of unworthiness and an inability to keep up with the facade. When you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing hardly anyone, especially yourself. Have you ever stood and looked into the mirror and thought how unworthy you are? how bad you have been, how uncapable you are. That's the voice in the head that would speak against all that God has made you to be. When I first started out in ministry, one of my theme texts was the First Timothy 4.12. Let no one look down upon you because you're young, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct. There was one time I was the youngest pastor in the Kansas West Annual Conference. I was. I was. And I got over it. <laughs> I think Paul said it that way because Timothy was a young pastor. If Paul would be here today, he might say to me and maybe to you instead, let no one look down upon you because you're old. Or no, let no one look down upon you just because you are you. But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. The one verse, Ephesians 4.32, will I use that every Sunday? Oh, probably. It's one of my theme verses. I have it hanging on my wall. Two of you have made me neat things. Avery was one of them, and, and Alicia was another. Wow, and I have them hanging proudly to remind me to, uh, to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. If we follow these principles of good news, then we need to let go of worrying about what others think about us, especially when it's negative. Brene Brown has said, let go of who you think you're supposed to be. Embrace instead who you are. We begin a series today about cultivating authenticity in our lives and using the book as a part of that text by Brene Brown, it's called The Gifts of Imperfection. Now, if you'd like to have one of these books, you can get one. And if you'd like to be a part of a, a more in-depth study, Wednesday nights at 6.30, Pastor Daniel is leading a group. How many? You had, you had 50 people there. 51 if you count me. 51. <laughs> I challenge you to double that. <laughs> this Wednesday night. That imperfection is a gift from God. And we don't have to be perfect. We can throw up our hands and say, I reserve the right to be human. I reserve the right to be inconsistent. I reserve the right to make mistakes. I reserve the right to change my mind. I reserve the right 
to not pay attention to you when you jump my carcass. It's all about building authenticity so that we can live our lives and not let the barbs and the jabs of others get us down. Now, I haven't always been good at this myself. I've let people affect my day by the nasty email I got or the negative comment after a service. It works on you. And I want to give you permission to throw it out. I want to give you permission to stand tall and proud and to be who God created you to be. And if others don't like it, they can just leave. In fact, <laughs> confession. I'll do this once and I'll never do it again in my ministry. But one time I said what was on my mind. There was one parishioner who was getting on my nerves, quite frankly, because they were always accusing the United Methodist Church of having gone apostate, and I was one of its apostles. I'd get nasty emails from this person on Monday mornings, criticizing the Sunday sermon. And I heard this person pontificate about who we should love and who we shouldn't love and who is going to make it to heaven and who wasn't going to make it to heaven. Finally, after one meeting, when he chastised me for insisting that we love people whom God doesn't love, he threatened to leave the church. <laughs> and you know what I said? I said it. I said it once. I'll never say it again. I said, don't let the door hit you in the patooties. <laughs> and he left. I sent him out as a missionary to one of the Baptist churches here in town. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to kind of psych yourself up to handle these things in a way that it doesn't tear you down. Because there is so much vitriol and the narrative of hatred in our world. I wouldn't want to be President Biden right now. He, he snuck into to Ukraine and, and went to Kiev to, 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 to encourage. And there were lots of people back home on the other side of the aisle who just tore him up and down on Twitter and otherwise. I'm glad he has a thick skin, as I do not, and most of us do not. As we strive for authenticity in our lives and to celebrate the gifts that God has gifted us with, we have some choices to make. Brene Brown has a a chapter on that, and that it's entitled Cultivating Authenticity, Letting Go of What People Think. She said, authenticity is not something we have or don't have. It's a practice. It's a, cons a conscious choice of how we want to live. Authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, 
It's about the choice to be honest. It's about the choice to let our true selves be seen. And I would add to that, it's about the choice to to vote for integrity in what we do. It's about the choice to be honest, regardless of what people think. It's a choice to stand apart from the hatred that we see and to say, stop, we need to be kind. We need to be tenderhearted and forgiving. There are several of you that have asked <coughs> about uh, my, uh, my excursion to Clearwater United Methodist Church a few weeks ago. I mentioned that in the Sunday sermon, that I was going to Clearwater uh, to the United Methodist Church there. They had invited me to come as they were having an informal discussion about whether to stay in the United Methodist Church or leave the United Methodist Church by disaffiliating. That's the big word I can't spell. And so they invited me to come and to, to represent uh, the United Methodist Church and why we should stay United Methodist. And they invited a clergy colleague who's retired, who happened to be <laughs> my American history professor in high school, who went into the ministry, and he was to represent the virtues of leaving the denomination. And so it was a very uh, cordial meeting. They were very civil. Church people can be mean, you know. They can be mean. But they weren't. They had the sanctuary. Uh, it, they had a lot of people there. And um, they were very kind. And they uh, asked their questions by writing them on a three-by-five card. And they gave them to a moderator. And the moderator kind of sorted them and asked them to uh, keep the tensions down. And... Um, I thought it was a, a very well-crafted gathering. It lasted two hours. And then the following Sunday, they, they took a straw vote. And the straw vote was to see an informal uh, voting, uh, not a formal vote, but an informal vote to uh, let them know if they should call a church conference and have a formal congregational decision made. And then after they took that straw poll, they sealed the results and they didn't open them until the following week when the church council met. And so when they opened them up at the church council, they counted them up and they discovered that 64% of the respondents decided to stay in the United Methodist Church. Praise the Lord. Now that means... <clears throat> I'm proud to be a United Methodist. That means that 36% of the respondents wanted to leave. They've got some work to do to bring folks back together. But here's an encouraging piece. That after they reported the votes, 64% stayed, one of the ones that wanted to leave it was on the board, made a motion. And that motion was something to the effect to let this be the end of the discussion in this church. And it passed. So if any church has a good opportunity to survive well, the Clearwater United Methodist Church does. 
There was uh, one, once my opponent got up and said, uh, talked about how the United Methodist Church was in decline, had declined since 1968. Yeah, there's some of that. You can point to every denomination in the nation and say the same thing. And I so wanted to jump up and say, well, pastor, how did that decline work while you were pastoring these churches that you served? Because I know. All of them had declined while he was pastor. Then someone asked the question, well, are there any United Methodist churches that are growing? Which I jumped up right now and I went to the mic and I said, yeah, I know one for sure. And that's Aldersgate United Methodist Church. We have regained the attendance that we had B.C. before COVID. In person and online. Our children's ministries have come back in mass. Oh, wow. And you should have been at the Ash Wednesday service here this past Wednesday. The sanctuary was full. It's good news. And I said, yes, Aldersgate United Methodist Church showed a net increase in members over 2022. And I'm proud to be a United Methodist disciple of Jesus Another question came up, well, what about people who, uh, uh, if we were to disaffiliate, what about people who want to stay United Methodist? I said, I got an answer. Transfer your membership to Aldersgate. (laughs) And I'll come to Clearwater and we'll start a Sunday school class right across the street. Because that church will no longer be United Methodist. It'll be some other denomination. I said that. Well, you know, I'm kind of like an expert, a drip under pressure. I could drive away from that experience and um, be smug about it. But you know, the older I get, the less I have become concerned about the negative criticisms of people. Brene Brown has something to say about that. This is what she said. If you're not in the arena... Getting your rear end kicked on occasion, I am not interested in or open to your feedback. There are a million cheap, cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never be brave with their own lives, but will spend every ounce of energy they have hurling advice and judgment at those of us trying to dare greatly. Their only contributions are criticism, cynicism, and fear-mongering. If you're criticizing from a place where you're not also putting yourself on the line, I'm not interested in your feedback. When Jesus sent out the 72 disciples to go out into the towns and villages to prepare the way for the Messiah, he didn't tell them it would be easy. He basically told them that some will receive you and rejoice when that happens. And he said, some will not. And for those who will not receive you, shake the dust off of your feet and go on. Perhaps it is a call. No. 
Perhaps it is permission to be your authentic self, to vote for all that is right and good in our world, to be a witness for the love of God and the kindness and the grace and the inclusion and the truth that our Lord represents. And let God take care of the rest. Someone asked me a while back, Pastor, do you think everybody is going to go to heaven? And I said, I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade. All I know is I share the good news and I share my testimony of how God has changed my life and I'll let God worry about that. In The Chosen, which is a series that I highly commend to you, you can download the app, The Chosen from Angel Studios, free of charge, you can watch all the stuff. But Jesus tells Peter at one point, he said, you just love them. I'll sort them out later. As for me and my house, that's what I hope we can do. Today, tomorrow, and forever. And I want to thank you for being partners in that ministry. We are greatest when we stand together, when we link arms And we march forward into the darkness with a light that is as brilliant as the light coming in that window.